Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. All right, guys, welcome into another episode of Football and Random Things. I'm Connor Ferguson here with Jeff Woody and Colin Newell. Uh, before we get started, though, I got to tell you about Wivels Hybrids Intent. Or, it's not intense. It's their independent corn breeding program. Intense corn breeding. <laughs> I'm sure it is pretty intense. I, I, I bet mean, it, it is. probably yes. is. They take things very seriously. Yes. Big letters, no messing around. Big letters right here. Focused on corn. All capital. Bold text. Period at the end. For some emphasis, that's what you get at Wiffles Hybrid, the greatest independent company in the world right here. Talk to them today if you're interested in some hybrids. Boom. We good? We set? How about the first place in the Big 12? Let's go. That's uh, Who called that one? You know, like, do you have that in your bingo card? Iowa State leading the Big 12 after, what, in into November? Yeah. Especially after Ohio and after Iowa and after Oklahoma. And you're like, man. This clones are going to get hot. They're, yeah. Then they're going to win four and or what, what, four out of five and three in a row. Yep. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, here we are. What an exciting time. And it, it, what's exciting about it is like the team is starting to look like they're like belong. Like it's not just like, oh, a couple games, but like, hey, 30 to 10, 30 to 50, like whatever. I mean, they're, they've been 10, 15 point wins that have been pretty convincing. And this was a dud. Like they played a C plus game yeah. at Baylor. And still won by two scores and that Baylor had to like scrap to get within two scores. Like that was the thing that was the most impressive is that, that, yeah, they played, you know, the basketball, like basketball example, they shot 43% from the floor for the game and still won by 10. Like Mm -hmm. that's the way that it felt. So they played off, still won. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's a, that's a welcoming sight to see Iowa State be able to do that though. Yeah, I was going to say, if I got paid enough money to do it, I'd go back and watch every game so I could objectively have a stat for it. But with the amount of times that Iowa State had the amount of chances to put the game away and weren't able to do it, and they still won that comfortably, like that says a lot more to me about how good this team is than anything else probably that I've seen all year. I mean, go back in Iowa State lore. You guys lived it for years. How many games that if you failed to put it away – did you win? No, it was it was always an uphill battle. You'd you'd find something uh, find something that you could lose the game on. Yeah, one one mistake here, one mistake there, and there it goes. I think the coolest thing about just watching this team though is the growth from top to bottom. I mean, you talk about the offensive line. I mean, how many how many yards did they rush for? One hundred and sixty last week. One sixty two. One sixty two, and then you just look at the the efficiency that was all over the field. Dudes making plays on defense. Um, Keeping relative, good control of the ball. We had that one pick. Um, but then, I mean, big plays. They had nine, they had nine explosives in that's, the game. I think that's like the big thing. I, I don't know about you, Woody, but we, we were definitely, when I was there, we would focus on explosive plays. Like 49-yard run by Cortavius, big runs by Eli, big run by um, Sama, 
big catches by all guys all around the field. I think that's huge for us going forward to be able to have those chunk plays, continue to play good defense. But those chunk plays are really what's setting us apart right now, I feel like. And we didn't maybe have a ton of that early on in the season. Yeah, and I think the great thing, just like offensive scheme-wise, is there's so much better spacing. Like That's the thing that I really like. Offensively, like offensive line, run run game-wise, there's better spacing. Pass game-wise, there's better spacing. Another thing that's nice is that there is a a set of go-to guys not just Xavier Hutchinson, like Mm -hmm. as great as Xavier was last year, you kind of, you knew when it was fourth and or third and four, third and seven balls going one balls going to eight, like hundred percent, just cover that guy. And then it kind of goes back to when Brock had multiple receivers. You got like a Michael Petway and a Charlie, like you've got two guys that when in crunch time situations, you can go to, it feels like Jalen is his number one when in critical critical situations. It's third and eight. We need something. All right, let's whether it's Shieldhouse or Rocco, we're in a formation and scheme and motion to get Jalen one on one with where we want it. Get it to him. But if he's not open, then you've got Bramer that's going to body somebody up, and you've got Higgins that's going to be probably one on one because if we're motioning some, if we're motioning somebody and getting whatever, mm-hmm. so you got Higgins, Bramer, and Noel that are guys that can catch and run. In, in critical situations, because I think the nice thing, like I don't remember what the exact, let me pull up the exact uh, third down statistics, but they're, for at one point, they, I think they were like six for eight on third downs, regardless of down and distance, just because they could run the ball effectively and because they would find Jalen or Bramer in the third and medium, third and long and still convert. And when you can do that, I think that's why the game, that and special teams, like third down conversions and special teams being good, it's why that game kind of felt boring is because that nothing really big ever happened. Yeah. It was just you're consistently plodding down the field and you score. They had six scoring drives. So you have 11 dri- or 13 drives, two of them were kneel downs and six of them were scoring drives. All right, well, that's pretty good. Well, I think I think anytime you can be really efficient on third down, you're going to give yourself a great shot to win a football game because that's going to get you closer, give you opportunities to end with kicks. It's going to it's going to ball control all that stuff. So I just think the, that third down efficiency is a huge part of part of Iowa State, and yeah, I'm looking here. Uh, Jalen had a long uh, reception of what does it say, 26 yards. Uh, Higgins 25, Bramer 48, Eli Sanders 11. Um, I mean, you're seeing four guys receiving f- at least for their long being being in double digits, and then you know got the runs of 19, 49, and 27 by Sanders, Norton, and, and Sama. So. I think just seeing those chunk plays and, and being able to keep uh, efficiency going on third down um, is a great opportunity for Iowa State to continue to see success and growth from these young guys. Yeah, and I think uh, one of the big Ben Brommer has just like quietly been delivering. He might not have like this big run diving play in the end zone like he had. Uh, was it against you and I? His touchdown. Oh, that, that was a very that, that wasn't a diving touchdown, but yeah, that was a touchdown uh, against gosh, you and I. I'm, we were oh, out right side. I got two tight ends confused there. My bad. Uh, but no, Brommer uh, just continues to consistently deliver, and it seems every catch he has is like this play that is extending the drive. And well, I think, yes, I feel like timely, like just yeah. just the right play at the right time, and and makes it happen and keeps the momentum going. Yeah, because I think he recognizes he's starting to recognize like the little. Because you can get 80% of the way to understanding something pretty quickly if you're athletic, but the last 20% it takes a, a while. And so that's the stuff that Charlie was really good at, which is I need to be on this guy's shoulder because here's the coverage. I know that 
safety is going to spin down on cover three and he's going to be probably just outside the hash so in order for me to set up i need to be on the linebackers outside shoulder but i have to push the linebacker to create le and like understanding all those little mini fine points he's not to charlie's level obviously but he's starting to fall into that path of understanding like that that sort of diving catch it was like a seven yard out route it was like third and six or something like that got past the sticks but stemmed his route towards the linebacker to push the linebacker in then broke out let Rocco have more room uh, before the next guy happened then he recognizes he's got long arms and he can make a diving catch is comfortable or a sliding catch and is comfortable doing that and being like all right here are the little things and so that's the things that he's doing better is understanding how to use that frame how to understand coverage where you got to be and he's doing all those little things like the more he does that and also the more he gets in the weight room over the next couple of years and can be in more in blocking downs as a downhand tight end that's a really dangerous player and development the more he gets comfortable actually blocking like a tight end because his <clears throat> receiving skills are art we already see him but being able to actually put your hand down and be an attached tight end and then you can run more stuff out of different formations like that's it's exciting to look forward with him and how he's potentially going to grow and i, I think he's 18 years old he's still got a lot of developing weight oh, room yeah. time in front of him i was told when uh they flipped him in his commitment process like watch out for this kid and they were right probably underrated him a little bit honestly in the text yeah. i got yeah, and I'm excited for guys like uh, Nagoyi and Kai, and Kai Black. Like, yeah. they're still those guys are going to continue to develop because they're true freshmen. They're probably going to be redshirting this year. I don't think yeah. they've maybe played in one or two games. Like, those guys are going to redshirt, and you have that crop that's potentially going to be coming because I think Daniel Jackson's a, technically a junior. I think Higgins is technically a junior. Jalen Knowles technically a junior, and these guys can redshirt. So now you have another crop that's coming through underneath them. Like, it's th this offense is poised to be good in the future just as it is now and they're still trying to develop and figure out how to do everything like that's the really fun part yeah did you watch that uh long run that cyclone football put out on twitter from like the end zone copy or the above copy of uh daniel jackson down the field blocking on cortavius's big run uh the yeah the one of yeah like the zoomed in or whatever and yeah. you can see like the offensive yeah. line open everything up that's how i love watching football when you it's can like shot. Yeah, yeah it's like totally you can like see how things open up like brandon black had a huge block on that play to spring it and um, you could just see dudes on the ground, which is so cool. We finally see this violence that's starting to come out. And and then to top it off, which really sprung uh, Cortavius to the end zone, was Daniel Jackson was down the field 15, 20 yards, driving his guy backwards and allowed him to cut and slip off. And What got me is, like, the framing of that, because they do it for – it was it came up on, like, a reel. It wasn't Twitter. Maybe I saw it on Instagram first. Yeah. And it, like, cuts off some of the side of the screen. Yeah. So you'd have guys coming from out of frame yeah. into the frame and pancaking a guy. Yeah. I was just sitting there laughing. Like, this is definitely how this wasn't intended to be looked at, but it's funny to see. It's Yeah, it's cool to see it and just open up and, and just, I mean, you got black and they're just moving people. You got that offensive line open those holes. And, and it was so cool for me to see that Daniel Jackson downfield, like, moving like locked onto his dude driving him and like sprung the whole play like yeah it had, to, had to get through the first and second level but like hey that's what we always say that that third level those safeties corners are the ones that can stop a big play and if you cover them up it's gone yeah and again no catches for him this week and i was waiting for someone to message me on twitter and be like what what is daniel jackson gonna do anything well, that's, he did something he just, there. He did, he just, that's a touchdown. Don't see anything yeah. in the stat sheet. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how many snaps he played, but like he's one of those guys. Just every time he's on the field, something good happens. Like he had, there was a, a touchdown that was an overthrow to Daniel. I mean, he was 
wide ass open way wide ass open like five or six yards and balls wet i think rocco's trying to put a little bit too much juice that on was it. the second overthrow yeah it wasn't the interception right? yeah because higgins had the first one and yeah. then the interception came before the half yeah and this was in the second half this yeah. would have been like a kind of they i think they eventually did score on that drive but it could have been like another like 40 50 yeah, touchdown I, yeah. so like Not, it was and that was daniel jackson because yeah. you can, you cannot man cover daniel jackson if there's the rest of the like you have Higgins in the field, you got Jalen Noel in the field, you got Daniel Jackson there. Like you can't leave him one on one because he's so good against man coverage. Like that's it, it's just more weapons, more fun. So I don't know that that yeah, the game was exciting because you had okay missed plays and still win by twelve. Yeah, I'm gonna bring up Rocco again too because he played. I would say in you guys like just drill me in the comments if you want. I would say by far his worst game as a Cyclone. Obviously, after the game, goes and takes full responsibility for it. Probably had three throws in the game completely that you really want back. And what? That's a difference of 14 to 21 points on the high end. If he didn't overthrow that at the end of the half, it's 17 to nothing at halftime. Yeah. yeah. I think it feels... It, he, 2.2 you know. of those were <clears throat> touchdowns, then the third one was... I guess Baylor missed the point after. What were they doing with their 2. Oh, that yes. doesn't make any that was, sense. It didn't make that, any didn't sense. Well, they got, the, they got blocked the first time, and then they were down by 15 when they scored. And like you, so if you're down by 15, you need a seven and an eight. You, just doesn't matter what order those yeah. are in. And right. I don't know why they elected to do that. Try and get the eight first because if you try for eight and miss, now you only got six. Now you're still down two scores. I so suppose that your theory in thinking is that well, then you we're going to have it. to try the two at some point. So it, we'd rather try it now to figure out if we need to score again again. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but, but I mean, I would just design a better two-point inversion play. Is what's going Something through my head. a shot at probably would be <laughs> smart. It's like the Josh McDaniels when he was with the like earlier this year at the Raiders, and they were down eight, and he kicks a field goal, and it's like on fourth and three or that's, something like that, with like a that, minute and a half to that's play. That's far dumber because you can't defend that. No, this one is more like okay, well, if we're gonna have to go for two at some point, right? Then but if you we have, might as well try to see if we have. But to if you kick, if you kick the extra point. Then you only you're still down one touchdown. You right. know that oh, you're no. within if I'm one. Anywhere score. close to the hot seat, I would do it second to keep the fans in the stands, make the game look closer. I don't care. It's literally about can you win? I don't know. I think that was just a very, very poor decision. I'm in the head of a guy who played, you, coached on the PS3. Do you okay. think that's an analytical thing? Like, do you think the book says that somewhere? Yeah, yeah I mean, it has to. It has to be because you wouldn't make that decision without it. But that also, like, the analytics don't go into the fact that your two point plays, like. How many how many two point plays did you guys go in in any week? Not three, a ton. Ma three, yeah. maybe four, maybe. And so we, you'd have like two that you like, and then one that's like we always had a Statue of Liberty play mm -hmm. that you kind of have like sort of like a trick play in your pocket. That's that, you carry it throughout the season. You and had you a get Statue of Liberty play. I mean, we as an yeah. offense had a Statue of Liberty. No, play. I know, I got what yeah. you were saying. I wish, I wish I would. And so like, that. I've been in, so cool when I was twelve. In <laughs> one time. In, but in like situations, you have yeah, you have like a red zone play that you formation. Let's say it's a pass. The game is shown that your quarterback's on fire. You have one like passing play that you really like. You have one running play that you really like, and like one a couple, trick. uh, one trick yeah. or a couple specials. Yeah. And so, like the two point going for two, uh, it doesn't uh, like the analytics don't take into account the probability of success of those particular plays. It's just like in the game situation, if you go for two and get it, here's how what your likelihood of yeah. winning. If you don't, here's your likelihood of winning. But it yeah. doesn't take into account the fact the odds of that play specifically actually working. So. Yeah, the analytics might go for it. Say go for it because if you get it, you have a 
57% chance of winning versus if you don't get it, you have a 41% chance. But if that plan only has a 3% chance of success, that the, the, the analytics don't, don't take that truly, into account. Yeah. And so the, that's a thing that you have to have a good feel for. And I think that's <laughs> when, like, the people take some, to, at, at this point, they kind of fade a little too far to me into the analytics department of like, yeah, go for here. And I mean, I'm all for going for two more yeah. often than people do it, but not in that situation. And yeah. I, I think there's, I, I'm a believer of momentum. Are you? Yes. I I well, it's not momentum. It's confidence to me. Yes. Like, yeah. It doesn't it, it matter. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. It's all part of it. Um, but in that, the failed two point conversion after that touchdown stunts your momentum. Well, and the when and at the at the touchdown at the end of the half, the kicker drills one of his linemen in the back of the head. I was and wondering so, who blocked it because obviously yeah. ESPN Plus and you're trying to slow it down. Yeah. Like, the laptop's screwing up on you. Right. Screw this. Go back live. And I so it. Like yeah, he he it was a it was a bad snap. The ball wasn't in the right spot, and kicker drilled his guy in the back of the head. And so you score the you get this interception, you score this touchdown. It's like the grittiest touchdown of all time. And he, you then get this momentum, and you're celebrating whatever. And then your kicker misses the extra your your specialist to miss the extra point. Yeah. And then do the same thing later. You get back in the game. You potentially bring it to one score. You go for two, and it's not close. Yeah. Like, I feel like that could have been a huge like moment. That could have been a momentum generator as well, though, for them. Like, think about that. Like, they haven't had much to celebrate this season, really. Like, hey, what's going to be our spark plug? And I think we just kind of said, all right, we're going to take that spark plug out. And uh, <laughs> good luck getting uh, good luck getting rolling again. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, you guys want to move on to some Kansas talk? Absolutely. And before we do, uh, what happened against Kansas last year? You guys remember? Uh, lots of field goals. There's some field goals that went uh, in the air and didn't goals. exactly go through the uprights, but we got a guy, uh, uh, Chase Contreras now, uh, who's basically perfect. Knocking on wood for everybody. I, yeah, I didn't, talk I didn't mean about to, it, maybe. I don't know. I, okay, so my purpose card. of framing it like that was just to give Chase a shout-out, so if anyone yeah. thinks I was doing my... I don't jinx on purpose. I really don't, but... NASCAR uh, picks and stuff like that over the years. I've become quite the jinxer. I, lately, last few months, we've been pretty, pretty good. Good. Been hitting at like 85%, not jinxing. Um, <laughs> no, so I think the, the, the other thing, the thing about the Kansas game that makes, the, to me, is the biggest, the biggest overarching thing to me that is not quantifiable is, all right, Kansas, they put all their eggs, their emotional eggs in this Oklahoma basket. And you get so up and you have big noon kickoff there. And Mark Ingram's talking about how good this uh, this thing is. And you, you're getting all this, mo you know, every, this energy that's there. And the fans are coming you're out. You're going to come out tonight in the CFP rankings. And you're going to, yeah, you're going to, I mean, history. well, that's, that's afterwards. But like prior to the Oklahoma game, you get up. Oh, everything's yeah, yeah. so okay. huge. You win this game. You throw the field goal posts in the river. Like all this energy, you charge the field. And now everybody's talking about how good you are and all this energy that happened. And now you have to do that again. And you have to go on the road to do that again in a night game against a team that's just about as good as the team you just played. That's the thing that I think can Kansas recapture and regenerate that much energy because it's going to take that much energy again to beat Iowa State. I, uh, I said the exact same thing. I remember on Saturday we were watching that game and I was like, I hope Kansas wins this game. The hangover's real. Oh, 100%. I you mean, that's, go back that's to a work. huge win. And, and, it's not, I don't feel like you think about it when you're playing. Like, you don't see it as a hangover. 
but like now having seen enough games where people go win big games and you pour everything and it's i mean it's football's an emotional game for for fans and and for players extremely um you you go beat a really good oklahoma football team that was undefeated ranked number six in the country and now you get an opportunity to enjoy that win <laughs> and yeah. it's like well crap we have to go and do it all over again on homecoming at a team's place in a night, at night game. game against a team that's on the rise pretty yeah, damn as, quick. as hot as any team in the conference and yeah and i think that's the thing that especially because uh kansas doesn't have i i would say the the total margin for error that a team like texas might have like yes. we talked about this a, more on kicking it but like I think one of the things that fans will get caught up in is the ceiling of a team and they'll not take into account the floor of a team yes. where they'll go like, you know, Texas and Oklahoma, when they're clicking legitimately, ceilings higher. Like Texas, Oklahoma at their best, boom. Kansas at their best, Oklahoma wins that game by two scores. Yeah. But Oklahoma at their average or Oklahoma at their worst versus Kansas at their average or Kansas at their worst, it's a fair fight. So like that's a thing that I think people take put too much weight in. Well, Kansas's average or Kansas's floor is the same or lower than Iowa State's because of the depth that they don't have at quarterback. Mm -hmm. So if Jason Bean is having an off game, because we, we, again, on Kicking It, we talked with Michael Swain, who's who covers Kansas for 247, the backup quarterback for Jason Bean. So Jalen Daniels is a maybe, probably not. Uh, is that, it's probably not. He's, he's a, a maybe, probably not. There's There still could happen, but uh, okay. wouldn't be super likely. Okay. So let's say Jalen Daniels doesn't play, which is what it's sort of trending towards. Jason Bean... The backup quarterback for Jason Bean is a walk-on true freshman quarterback. Oh, wow. So if he's off, they don't have another option. And if he's playing in a way that is potentially putting him at risk of being off the field, he's not going to, he's going to take that risk of saying, I'll slide first. And like, it just doesn't, that this, this Kansas team doesn't have the margin for error that they otherwise would have. So if they don't play this great game and run for 7,000 yards against Oklahoma, they might, they probably don't win that like they can't do these shoot 43 percent from the floor and still win yeah. like that's the thing that kansas coming on the road and iowa states there's no way they don't wear all blacks right yeah there's no, no way no, they're gonna I be all blacks so. of course hopefully not the bugle <laughs> what, where did that come from well it's night game you know big game i hope they don't roll out the bugle randomly this week either yeah they uh i it's just gonna be i mean it's gonna be a hopped up environment and can kansas match that juice and I think this would be really big if Iowa State this week is able to get out to the same start they got out to against Baylor. And if they get up 14-17 and they're able to let this Jack Trice crowd go nuts, oh boy, especially coming off that hangover for Kansas, yep. that's where it starts to become really, really tough to come back. Jack Trice in a night game is second to none. I mean, you get the juicy wiggle going, you get the flashlights out, you get the exciting atmosphere, people have been tailgating all day. It is a fun place to play, and I would not want to be an opposing team coming into Jack Trace. Well, and another another thing that's like, especially I think, which is going to be extra hopped up, is the Iowa State is. There's three really big games this week in the Big Twelve. There is that at eleven o'clock, Kansas State goes to Austin to play Texas. That is a huge game. It's a one-loss game. One of those teams is going to fall out of the tie in the, for the conference lead. The other one's going to take the conference lead for an hour. Mm -hmm. At 2.30 is Bedlam in Stillwater. And so you have, 
at some point, one of those teams is going to lose somewhere around kickoff. But like Iowa State fans are going to be on their phones. They're going to check the little banner yep. thing to see who's there. So one of those teams is going to fall out of a tie for first. So you're going to go from five teams with one loss to by the time the game starts, three teams with one loss. And Iowa State is going to know that if they win this by that time, if they win this game, they're going to be in a tie with X and Y for first in the conference. Like the energy is going to have built by yep. that time because of the other games it's going to be also be like 57 and sunny. Like it doesn't get better tailgating weather want, for to me than beautiful. that. Do you want another one? What's that? Sold out. Uh, just just okay. became official. Just officially. Really? Officially Jack Try sold out. So Boom. it's sold out night game. The energy is going to be building the whole day. This game is against a team that like, I think the basketball hatred, like for, for a while, Kansas was super, super bad at football. Like when we played them, I don't think there there was one from the time Mangino left so in 2009 we lost when they when they were there still there my redshirt year then I didn't lose to Kansas from 2010 to 2013 and only one of those games I think was within like three scores kicks yeah. kicked the they shit were out terrible. of terrible so bad awful awful Sam awful, Richardson awful. trended on Twitter one night after I was because I think it was, it was a four touchdown game I think I think so I think it was a Friday game for some reason and that <laughs> and was why because everyone was, was just yeah. kicked so, so watching so it everyone was excited for Sam Richardson yeah. so like big Sam Richardson like for a while, no one cared about Kansas football because they were so bad, but like they hated Kansas basketball. And so like that, it feels like that sort of simmer is going to happen. So this this environment Saturday is going to be electric. And I just, I don't know, to, to put a bow on that point, I don't think that Kansas is going to be able to regenerate the type of energy necessary to win two huge emotional games in a row just because that is a huge lift. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I just back going back to what you said about Kansas. I remember when we would go to Kansas, there'd be more Iowa State fans at the game than Kansas. And you fans. could wasn't wild. You could hear a conversation like you and like you and a guard. They would just, have like the student section, like literally like right behind the Iowa State bench, and there would be like literally like a little chain link fence, and like there'd be like thirty people there, and they'd all be trying to talk shit to you. Uh -huh. And it's like, dude, like <laughs> you and your buddies, like you guys are. And then not even good at shit talking. Especially so. <laughs> like Hakeem Butler mosses some dude like oh right down the middle of the field. right in the middle of the field three plays in a row or whatever. Yeah. Did you guys see the Kansas fan that went up to the? Um, I think LV is his first name. I forget his last name on Oklahoma, but went up and did like the L sign straight to his face. <laughs> Ballsy man. Yeah. Ballsy. That's the one time where I'm like probably not the most mature person in the world, and I'm like, yeah, I would love to just see him clock the guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I'm, I apologize for saying that here, but every time I see those videos, I'm just like, I wish one time. I want to see. Well, I don't think court people, of public opinion on that. Just, <laughs> that would be interesting. In I don't think right. people recognize like how much power these dudes have. They don't. Yeah. No, they like I, if, if don't. you, if like if if someone gets in the face of you know Dom Orange, and he just goes fist to jaw, like there's a legitimate chance that that person's in the hospital. Like I would say a better chance uh, that they're in the hospital than not in the yeah. hospital. And I don't think people recognize, and that's just across the board, even a wide receiver. You get yeah. Jaden Higgins, like you start talking trash to that dude. Like don't, I don't think people recognize yeah. how powerful these people are. And, but you get a little liquor and some adrenaline and all of a sudden little liquid confidence, little liquid confidence. I was going to say, I don't think I could work out for a year and a half and be confident that I could, I could beat up either of you guys. Like come Thank remotely you. close. Thank you. You're probably right. And you've been out of the sport for. I'm not calling you old. This turned into slot backhanded comedy. Are you calling? <laughs> are you calling Woody old? Yeah. That just Woody, not you. Okay. How's, are we good though? Yeah, we're good. All right. 
I'll take I it. think we're the same age. I I'm think the oldest person in this room by like eight years. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, should we do around the Big Twelve first, and then yeah, we'll talk I, little I, NFL and everything else? I think so. He's, it feels like uh, yeah, around the Big Twelve, it gets very interesting. Like this, this, this is a this, huge week. This is turned. It's a huge I week, and this to, has turned out to a really fun uh, race. Really fun race because yeah. it's wide open. Yeah. Oh, just when, think. Just think what it's going to be down the road when we really sixteen teams and. No Oklahoma or Texas to have this perception of being bigger and way better. Iowa State at the top, man. It's going to be fun. And Prime um, is doing all his crazy press conferences. Dude, okay, we'll could, you, what, could you, well, okay, but you're an offensive lineman. Did you see his, the press conference that he said? Uh-uh. So they get, I stopped following so they, they, they lose. Hear this quote. So they, I don't remember the exact quote, but it was Find something it. to the effect of, uh, so Connor, one of you guys will pull it up, but one, one of the effect of like, so Shadur Sanders, legitimately like, Offensive line was bad for, for Colorado. They're playing UCLA, I think. Yeah. And Shadur got hit like it was like on 41% of his dropbacks, he got hit. And so it was bad. In the postgame presser, he said something to the effect of, uh, we're going to go out and get some new linemen. But you got five games left in the season. You're just straight up telling the linemen, you're, we're gonna, you're not good enough to even play here. We're going to go out and recruit new linemen or like uh transfer new, new transfer yeah. portal lineman right away like the the it was not uh, a well phrased so i have the official yeah. uh, i don't i don't have different. the question but the quote was the big picture you go get new lineman that's the picture i'm going to paint it perfectly the question was in terms of the big picture how do you keep shador upright and healthy I found it by going to the Sports Center Instagram page. They actually, their last 17 posts were just about Dion. So it's the third one down. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would you do in that situation? Is like you have a bad game and then coach that. Well, that. I think he has been like, I know early on he was like one of the most sacked quarterbacks in college football. I'm sure he still is, just partially for the style of play that he plays. But I mean, I thought he was bringing his Louis, Louis, uh, I was just about yeah, to reference Louis, that. Yeah, Louis whatever. Yeah, Louis Vuitton Louis. stuff. But. Louis. I mean, it's a hard position to play. Like, there's still new guys. I don't know if any of these guys were brought in. Well, you be, don't want Louie in offensive line. You want, like, Carhartt. Yeah, yeah. Go get some Carhartt, bud. <laughs> yeah. Don't bring Louie. Bring yeah, your Carhartt. Carhartt. Some Caterpillar. Yeah. <laughs> Cowboy boots and Carhartt will be, will be solid. But, uh, I mean, that's at any position that would be kind of like, damn, coach. Hell, like, yeah. Yeah, I know I didn't play well, but like I'm still your guy. Like uh-huh. I go out there and fight for you. Like yeah, and and I think the other part is like that's your kid, man. Like it's you're not gonna you're not gonna say that Shadur needs to get rid of the ball faster or make a little better read. We're not gonna yeah. talk about that. That's We're just gonna talk about me. It's just because he's your kid. Like that to mm. me is what like. I, mean, I'm, I'm, I, but don't I feel like that's kind of who Prime is. Like, yeah. Do you guys get the feeling though, like in that program, like you could never really be that big of a star without being Travis Hunter or one of the kids. I don't think so necessarily. It just, no, I just because like one of the wide receivers, I don't remember his name, the, the guy whose dad is in prison and like that story. But I think the right. thing to me that is the most about Colorado is like this is it's the the up and the down of of really quality shit talk. It's yeah. the, so the the reason why we're talking about it right now is because Deion Sanders is so good at shit talk. Yeah. He needs to, he belongs in the WWE like <laughs> so good. But the problem is, is the flip side of that is you put a target on yourself. And so whenever you put that target on, you're drawing everybody's best shot. You're going to take everybody's a little bit extra shot because they want to be, they want to beat you. If you're saying you're the best, I want to prove that you're not. And then once you start losing, you then have to defend the amount of shit talk that you had in the first place. So like, that's the reason why to me, it feels like everything is 
super laser beam focused is that like that's the up and the down is and the downside of trash talk is front runner yes and so like that to me like that the the the, the colorado story man like that is i think it, it's gonna be really interesting because i think you hit it spot on like the bullseye on them is huge like, yeah every game you want to win but like if you go out and you have prime shit talking you or whatever he's doing like you want to beat him yeah if, if you say you're the best I want to prove to you that you're not. And yeah. I want to let you know that you said you were the best. And yeah. now you're not only a loser, you're wrong. Yeah. You're a wrong loser. That's yeah. the thing that I like whenever you trash talk and you lose like that. That's why it's just a little bit of extra fun when you pancake a dude that's been shit talking to you all game it, or you truck somebody that's been chirping like you. You bring you either play yourself up and you deserve that or you play yourself down and you don't. Yeah. There's an art to it um, to a point as well. Like. If he doesn't say that, no one's talking about it. It's a quiet loss to UCLA. Yeah. It's okay. Well, they're not that good yet. I think we'll it's see what happens next year. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting. I mean, it's a first year program and they're starting to see some struggles. Like, it, I mean, it's hard to, but they're, they're having to change a whole new culture with pretty much all new dudes. Yeah. So, like, yeah, they'll, they'll still have that flash factor. They'll have those dudes. They'll have those dudes who have a lot of NIL money. They'll have the paparazzi or whatever around them. But, like, hey, how do they finish out this season? Mm -hmm. Like, that's tough. And now also, like, yes, you might want to go play for Coach Prime, and I'm sure there's a, a population that does, but he's also going to throw you under the bus. Pretty quick. Like, you're, you're an offensive lineman. You haven't played well. You're going to get thrown under the bus. So you get a, if you're a high-level grad transfer or NIL guy and you're, you know, playing at Wake Forest and a, you're a good mm -hmm. right guard and A&M and Colorado and, I don't know, Florida State come calling, all things held equal – do I want to go play for Coach Prime when I know that if I don't succeed, I might I'm going to get thrown under the bus? Like I'm only as good to you as your the paycheck and my reputation are. So as soon as I as soon if I don't play great or something bad happens or I get hurt, am I going to get tossed out? So like that to me is where it starts to bite you in the ass. Now again, this is we're eight games into one season, yeah. like that we're, we don't know, but this is a. It's not all sunshines and rainbows. I think one thing that I would maybe, this might be a stretch a little bit, but like watching Scott Frost post-game press conferences early on at Nebraska, and he was like, oh, the players just aren't good enough. Mm -hmm. Like it was never, rarely was it like, hey, I take ownership. Like I didn't prepare them. Like you hear Coach Campbell, you hear all these great coaches say, it's, oh, the players just weren't quite good enough. Yeah. Also, speaking of coaches, did you did you guys see the Dabo Swinney? I had it written down. Thing, yeah. Oh boy, and then we'll get to the Big Twelve. But yeah. So did you see this uh -uh. at all? So Dabo Swinney gets it's on his call-in show, and I actually um I was Team Dabo up until one part of it, and then I was like, okay, I still generally well, Team is, Dabo. I haven't but seen, like, no, I haven't seen this take. On so this. I want to hear this. So what happened is it's the call-in, you know, the the weekly yeah. call-in show, whatever, and some ballsy, ballsy caller, it's Tyler. Tyler from Spartanburg. Tyler they from let Spartanburg. this dude talk for like two minutes on and his question. And he calls him to his face. He calls him overpaid. So Tyler from Spartanburg on this call-in show to Dabo Swinney right through his ear, not to his face, but to his ear through the phone, calls him entitled, calls him overpaid, and says that he's worse than uh, uh, Bowden. That, Bobby Bowden. Or, or Terry, Bowden, Terry Bowden, who has coached there before, and that he's, uh, he you know, all these things, like to Dabo's face. And so Dabo just he was trying he would goes, like pause too and go like I, I'm a man of faith too coach but you gotta explain this four and four start and so Dabo just goes off and like it is everything that you'd want to say 
when you're in Dabo's, so Dabo's position, like they're Clemson over the past 10 years has been one of the most successful programs in the history of college football. Like they have, I think there's been only two or three teams ever who have had more wins over a 10 year period than Clemson has. Yeah. And so he was like going off being like, we've won 10 games for nine straight years. There's only one other team that's ever done that. And like going like this and now we have one bad year. It happens. And he was whatever. And just goes for like five or seven minutes talking about how entitled appreciation or expectation and appreciation when they don't match up. But then at the very end, so like, I think he just got fired up and at the very end. So I was like, yeah, team Dabo, like that, that's absolutely right. It's all the stuff that kind of, I feel like we've been sort of saying is like, just slow your roll. E-L-A-X. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) But then at the very end, he was like, everything that I've done, I've been successful at. He's like, I wanted to graduate college. I did. And then he starts listing off things like I wanted to get married. So I did. And I was like, that's, I mean, that's like an accomplishment, but like most people do and he was like so he just started listing off all the things that he'd done for like the last two minutes of it and i was like okay like admittedly i didn't listen to the last two minutes <laughs> i was with him up until that point and then he started saying all the things and then he finished it with being like so yeah if you don't want to be a fan anymore don't tyler from spartanburg <laughs> <laughs> i gotta go listen to, to this to clip that oh that's great oh we're gonna have to <laughs> We'll have to mix a theme song someday. I learned how to in <laughs> high school, and I've never put it to the test. So, um, yeah, around the Big 12, Thursday night, uh, Texas Tech plays TCU on the road. Uh, Are we doing both, who we rooting for? Yeah, they're both two and three. That one's kind of that game matter. doesn't matter. TCU's going to win. You want TCU to win because you play. You played TCU. You play C- TCU you play in the Texas better your record. You don't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess for Iowa State's sake, you want TCU to win. But it really doesn't. It doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. 11 a.m. K State in Texas. So obviously Iowa State hasn't played either of these teams. It almost doesn't matter. But I feel like I know what you're gonna say. I want K State. I want K State to win. Oh, never mind. No. Okay. So I Williams and Bloom. Yeah, they want I, Texas I, at I full know strength. We've, we've gone back they, and forth. It does. This. Yeah. Your odds. So how how about this? You have two options. Both are wins against Texas. Which would you rather have? So you have a tightly contested game that's played really well for both sides, and you win on a Chase Contreras 43-yard field goal at the buzzer that you might have been losing, and you're down by two. It's not like it was even tight. You're down by two. You make the kick, you win, you lose. The, you miss the kick, you lose. Or you beat Texas 35-3, to three, and you humiliate them the entire game. On their way out of the Big 12. On their way out of the Big 12. Which would you rather have? To me, I want to kick the living shit out of Texas for four quarters. That's fair. And in order to do that, you want Texas checked out. And what gets Texas checked out? Losses. Kansas State has a good chance of giving Texas a loss. To me, you want Kansas State to win because I don't want Texas at a belief mode. I want Texas at a checking the nil for transfers or and them looking to see where they want to go because you have a backup that's not happy that he's not playing and all that kind of stuff you get some infight and you get some cattiness and you can just beat the shit out of texas for an entire game in Ames on their way out that's what i want i want so yeah team kansas state for this one either way i just want texas to lose so yeah that's a pretty simple <laughs> disregard any of the other stuff i just want them to lose and they are at tcu next week there is part of me that that's like oh, i want my greatest enemy to get all the way up to the mountaintop and then come to a crushing fall. I'm right fine with that end. too. I just but want to beat the shit out of them either way. Yeah, exactly. yeah that's yeah. the same. I just <laughs> you want to beat Texas. Right. I would like to, I just want, yeah, you're, you're not going to just run over Texas if they're confident, but you could <clears throat> if they're not. So we have heard uh, from Woody, the Oklahoma's too good. Just keep them up there. Now that, for them. now that they've lost, that changes. So now that they've lost, 
you want so the thing is you just don't want to be in a tiebreaker with the team you've lost to in any situation any scenario you don't want to be in a tiebreaker with the team you've lost to so now you want oklahoma to lose as many games as possible to tumble out of the chance that you have a tiebreaker with them because you beat Oklahoma State, you lost to Oklahoma. You want to be in a tiebreaker with Oklahoma State if you if at all possible. So you want now it flips. Isn't Oklahoma loses once, lose every game for the rest of the year. That'd be impressive. I think they got a they they've got, got a better squad. chance of collapsing with a loss this week and then a second straight on Saturday yeah. if that happens. That's true. Yeah. Because Oklahoma has a has shown a propensity to late season. Yeah. Not care. And also this is man. Oliver, again, what's it? I keep forgetting his last name. The running back for Oklahoma State, Oops. Ollie Gordon. Ollie, Ollie Gordon, Gordon dude, he is unreal. He's legit for this last the back half of this Big Twelve season. Iowa State, unreal. Like, I think he still had some chunk yards against Iowa State. Yeah, he had that. They, yeah, he they, had they a big touchdown run. Yeah. him for a majority of that game. Yeah, and they were still kind of figuring it out. Like yeah. that was the first week that they only played one quarterback. They played three up until that point. That's yep. first, the first week that Aiden Bowman, Bowman played every single game but that team goes as ollie gordon goes and he's run for 250 plus twice in a game in the last like four weeks that dude is unreal and this game bedlam is going to be yeah bedlam's at 230 that game is in stillwater and it's the last oklahoma is losing they weren't or oklahoma's leaving the big 12 it's just like the state of iowa too where like the board of regents oversees oklahoma and oklahoma state it's they're two public universities Basically, they said, we want to leave to go to the SEC so badly that we don't want to, we want to not even take you with. So imagine if you're Oklahoma situ- if, if you're in Oklahoma State situation that they left the family yeah. and left you behind and you already hated them. Yeah. Like this is going to be we talk about Ames being spicy. Oh, Send them Stillwater. Packing. Boy, Stillwater is going to be hot at 230. Yeah, it's going to be something to see. I can't imagine like I'm going to be such an Oklahoma State fan at 230. Such an Oklahoma State fan. Wear your orange. Yeah, a little burn orange right now. That gets too much. It's more it's goldish. Yeah. Goldish. We'll go with that. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. It's gold. <laughs> really close there. Uh, no, the rest of the games, uh, Houston and Baylor play, uh, will be interesting. UCF and Cincinnati Is play. that the hot seat game of the conference? Houston and Baylor? Ooh. Houston um, Baylor with Aranda and uh, Dana? I think that's a hot seat game. I don't know if Dana can save his job. I think Dana's gone. I feel like he's got to be fired at the end of the year. He's been here long enough. It's just not. But it's his third year there, fourth year? Third, more than that, I think. It's been a while. And they've been yeah, okay. I guess. Shoot. Since what, eight, nine? But it's 19? fourth at least. It's at, yeah, it's been there for a bit. And then, I mean, Aranda, I don't know if they're, maybe they fire Aranda. I think that the, the boosters and the donors might have something to say about that if they can pony up for a buyout for Aranda. Cause yeah. That's, yeah, nine, 19. Things ain't great. But yeah, this is his Fifth, fourth year then, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So fifth season. Wow. So I think Dana's done this. Yeah, it's hot seat bowl. And they hired Houston Baylor. They hired him with the goal of moving to the Big 12. Oh, absolutely. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I said it last week. Is it, you could, if you could, well, yeah. you could potentially get Tom Herman back. Yeah. Realistically, is it, I mean, that, that would be a Herman's a guy who likes to achieve things. Yeah. And now you're in the, it's a power five conference at Florida Atlantic. You're not. Uh, it's a place you've already recruited. You're from Texas and you can go. You know, shove it and re- recruit against Texas team that fired you. Like yep. that, it's a re. It, that the conference, the Big Twelve, is up for grabs as can soon you as ima- those can you Texas imagine and Oklahoma the, leave. A game between Houston and Colorado, where Herman. Tom Herman and Deion Sanders. Oh my are both god! Week eight of the season, they're both looking for their first Big Twelve wins. Oh boy, that would be wow. fun. <laughs> that would be fun. 
<laughs> so How many much. celebrations do you think Herman is going to imitate from the Colorado? Oh, he's going to he's going to show up with a cowboy hat on. Oh, 100 <laughs> percent. This is how a real boy wears a cowboy hat. <laughs> he's come. He's going to wear a sunglasses. He's going to wear a chain he'll and a wear, cowboy hat. He'll by wear himself. some Carhartt and say, this is where I got my lineman from. <laughs> <laughs> from the stockyards. Well, that's a hopeful wish. We'll see if we get there. Uh, BYU and West Virginia as well. That's two and three against three and two. And then I did. I did do you want BYU it. coming off a loss or do you want to come coming off a win? Like a win makes you look better. Yeah, I was just thinking it feels like BYU is a team that's sort of like shaky confidence. You know, yeah. like yeah. they've played well in some games. They're, they've they're got, they the got friends. They got the shit kicked out of them by Texas this week, but they beat Texas Tech the week prior. So like, I don't know if you can kind of give them a little bit of like still you don't belong type thing because they've yeah. only won two games they beat cincinnati and everybody's beat cincinnati and, texas and they tech. beat texas tech and yeah. most people beat texas tech yeah. so i feel like i don't know in the rooting interest it feels like you want to root for west virginia there our rival buddies yeah. to keep byu on the shaky confidence ground before oh, we go out there next and, week six and three it's like what i tell people in baseball uh or hockey for that matter it's a little less i guess nba would be a better comparison but the first 13 games are more important than the middle 140 and then the last 13 are just as important as the first 13 because the difference between six and five or seven and four or eight and three is so lopsided yeah and that's obviously just a football season Mm -hmm. and byu is going to look at five and four a lot worse than they will six and three that's true and transition year we're bowl eligible we'll see you know the rest of its gravy from here on out and then next year is when we really go or Dang, we just got our asses kicked by West Virginia. Like the Big Twelve might be good. Yeah, yeah. Team West Virginia, West Virginia Riot Bowl buddies. Awesome. All right, you want to uh, bring up the one thing? Bulldog talk. Everybody. It worked last week. Bulldog so. talk. Undefeated Drake I'm Bulldogs in PFL play. Yep. All right. See you, Colin. It's been good. Uh, we'll talk about your friend Brock Purdy after this. So two minutes. Two minutes. Uh, the Drake power play. Undefeated. Uh, sponsored by nobody. That's right. Uh, if you want to sponsor the Drake power play. Reach out to me. Reach My out. DMs are open. Uh, but undefeated, and they played like ass, but they still beat Stetson 33-7 uh, and beat him at home. So terrific. Oh, Aiden's got a Aiden's count got a of how much we can actually, we actually these, talk about. Can you do that in time and a half, Aiden? <laughs> they, Jealousy. They, the they, forced, they forced five turnovers. They're playing at Marist. So Marist right now is, I think, 4-2 and two in conference play. Uh, and if there is a tie, so right now there's no conference championship game, but... Uh, Davidson and Drake do not play each other. They're both undefeated in conference. They don't play. And so it's based on the best, the opposing record, <laughs> the opposing record of, or the, the record of your opponents and your wins. And Drake right now has a tiebreaker. So if both went out, Drake's conference champion. And the, I feel like I should get partial thank you. Cause I've tweeted the conference each of the last three weeks that I'd chain myself to their headquartered doors. If they pick <laughs> Davidson over Drake, they won't exactly. They won't. That's pr- they probably changed it just then because because they saw that you were gonna change yourself. To I yours. would hope. I would hope that was the so. Case. Anyway, there Davidson, was also Davidson also. Can I just shout out? I'm just gonna one shout out because we have 57 seconds left. One shout out. Finn Claypool, kid went to Roosevelt. There was he had the most impressive play that I've seen a defender make this year, which was it was a two minute drill for Stetson at the end of the half. He's playing the left side defensive end. He gets a. He's in the great pass rush move. It's just a speed rush on the outside. Quarterback's going to throw the ball. He gets a strip sack. The sack bounces off the quarterback's knee. It goes forward to about the, you know, five or 10 yards downfield. 
after the strip sack, he doesn't actually make a tackle. He just swats the ball out. He then runs down and chases the ball and gets the fumble recovery. So he has a strip sack at five yards behind the line of scrimmage and a fumble recovery 10 yards past the line of scrimmage. Wild. I have two quotes from Woody. He, I'm not joking. 15 seconds. Okay. This is, very, this is a very different drive than it was at the start. That was one of your quotes from the game. Okay. The other one was, uh, for some reason, when it gets really cold, your fingers don't work the same. And we're out of time. Anyway, <laughs> well, the reason I brought it up was to say that Jeff's call of the game with Michael Admire. Usually, I get to listen to some of it, not the entire game. And I didn't have anything to watch until Iowa State came on. I didn't want to watch the morning slate and Drake's undefeated, so I'm going to watch it. Uh, but God, you guys are fucking amazing. Thank you. Like, seriously, appreciate fantastic that. Fantastic stuff. And I had to write down the no shit quotes. I was getting <laughs> there's going to be more, but I was going to be stretching for material yeah. by the time I figured it out yeah well thanks my favorite was when you called the uh the rule where if the offensive su offense subs defense gets a chance the to call it the rule? fat guy rule I yeah never the fat guy rule. before yeah it's that i love the fat guy rule so that's when it's the, the hey, gundy you admit you were watching wow yeah i was How listening i wanted to listen to Jeff. thanks man. thanks I'll, I'll admit i didn't actually watch i was just listening <laughs> the uh but the, yeah the fat guy rule is the gundy rule where like other teams trying to sub or other team subs yep. and you sub they just literally have a defensive lineman stay on standby with the defensive line coach and as soon as the referee goes to stand over the ball they just push like the coach just pushes the guy on the yep. field and as he's running out just shouts the number they're gonna try and sub out and be like 58 so then the fat guy just trots at a half pace of Taps him on the shoulder. That guy trots at half pace. I just called that the fat guy rule. Do you think they'll do anything about that? I think what they're going to do, the only way that you can do it. So in high school, the substitution rule only applies to the numbers. It doesn't apply to the sideline. So I bet that they can, that would stop it. Because if you have a fat guy that's just trotting to the numbers and then the quarter, the referee moves right when they get to the numbers, fat guy has to trot, 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 and then sprint from the numbers out, but you can still catch him with the 12 men on the field. So I think if you just move the substitution rule to the numbers, as opposed to the sideline, then that would really just be enough to switch it. But I don't think they're going to do anything about it because you're going to run a turbo offense. That happens. Don't sub, if you're gonna, don't sub late. If you're yeah. going to run a turbo offense, sub yeah, early. I feel, I feel like part of it is like it's up to your own discretion. Like if you want to sub, they get to. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's. I think that's the only rule adjustment they would make is instead of letting the player get to the sideline, it's let the player get to the numbers like they do in high school. So a couple things uh, from the NFL weekend. Oh, also, are we watching the games Saturday together? Are you going to be in Ames? I'm going to be in Ames. But I'm not going to be in the press box. No, I mean, are, are you tailgating anywhere? Uh, it's an 11 a.m. kick. Oh, uh, watching the Drake game? Yeah. I'm watching Kansas State-Texas. I'll watch the Drake game on replay. Oh, we can throw it on my phone. Okay. I'll come over. Okay. You just let me know. Can, okay, you? legitimate question. This is not. This is just a straight-up tailgating question. Can you bring uh, a wood, like a solo stove? Can you bring a solo stove to the tailgate? I don't know if anybody, some, and someone can tweet at us the answer if they've made it so yeah, far. I don't God bless you. But I don't know. Can you bring a solo stove to a tailgate, like a, an open flame, even though it's like covered? Or is there rules in the tailgating lot against that? Because I was planning on bringing one. I think you should be. I, but I don't know if you can. Cooking. I feel like you can. Yeah, but I've I seen enough know. cooking material. I don't like. I, I've never. It's like a propane grill versus a wood grill. Yeah. You know, like, because you'd have to then just let it smolder. It, like, I feel no, I feel like I've seen. Yeah, can so anyone just tweet the response of if you can bring. It's better a to solo ask stove. for forgiveness than it is for until you then have to bring a wood fire up and they tell you to shut it down and then you have to let it simmer out and then get in trouble again because you can't just like extinguish it because it's metal. You <laughs> bring can't out dump your fire extinguisher. Yeah. So anyway, if anyone has the answer, can you bring a wood fire stove uh, or wood like portable fire pit solo stove to the tailgating lots, not the RV lots? I would love a response. Thank you for your assistance. Awesome. Anyway, uh, Brock Purdy. Now, I was real quick on Purdy. 
and you guys can say what you want about it. I was always taught growing up in journalism, like not to look at a video of an injury and speculate or look at an injury happen on the field in front of you and speculate it on open airwaves. And I found out there's a guy on Twitter that just has 270,000 followers for playing a replay back three or four times and saying, that's an Achilles. He's concussed. That's definitely a concussion. And that he's a doctor and he can just do that. I mean, you can it's say weird. whatever you want. Yeah, no, I get it. No I just raised, I just raised saying that yeah. was like not It's just shady. But. Yeah, it's, 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 it's shady. I feel like people weird are anyway. weird enough that they like that, though. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I wanted to ask you guys about Brock Purdy, what you thought of his game, and what you think of these people saying he hit his head on this play, he has, con- or he has a concussion again. I... Did you... Oh, did you not see that, or... Oh, I I'm a, I haven't seen the the tweet, but I did okay. see the there's just time or two no there was head. there's a, yeah there's that clip of his head going back and so it was the, in the Bengals game yeah I so think the, it's hard to just say that somebody has a concussion because they hit their they're head. they're trying to justify him throwing two picks instead of one it's really it's I, the weirdest like subsect of I think, Twitter I thought you had seen more of it because I've seen no. a lot of tweets about it so my bad on that no you're good I, it feels like everyone wants a reason why like a like reductionism where you can simplify something down to one thing everyone wants to like to be reductionist of like this is why it happened is because there's this one play was or this one thing was over here it's like you know what what's actually probably true is football is hard and the nfl is really good okay so they're going to run a crazy coverage and this crazy coverage this interception happened because seven plays before that they ran a similar coverage slightly differently with a different and route concept and they changed it and whatever and the nfl is really good and there's a reason why the bengals played in the super bowl a couple years ago in the playoffs last year it's because they're really good and joe burrow when he's had four incompletions yeah he was 28 for 32 he had four incompletions i think they had and they were still in the ball game they're still in the ball game i mean it it's not like maybe he is i don't know we can't describe that but i think it's just the fact that you've played so without trent williams that debo samuel they haven't been able to run the ball so you have brock have to do everything i mean he had 420 yards of offense by himself yeah so i think the last three games they've played are without their hardest on the schedule uh i mean the vikings game isn't what i would consider like the hardest on the schedule but it would they play like that they play like that it is right but like with but as far as potential stuff on the schedule so i don't know it's it was a uh i don't know it's okay that they lose a couple games so long as you're able to kind of pull it back together. So I don't know. I think it's fine. Yeah. And they'll get healthy. Yeah. They got a bye week. Um, are you, you're not a Vikings fan, are you? No, I'm a, I don't know. I'm a, an agnostic fan as, as a Vikings fan. Yeah. Who, do you, who do you want to see him go get? I don't even know. Oh, you don't care. I, I want him to go get somebody, but I've heard Jameis. I saw something on Twitter about Jameis would be really objectively funny. Yeah, I, I don't think it would be, like, the worst get in the world. I, I don't know. Yeah, Colt McCoy would be fun. I'm a big Case Keenum believer. Yeah. They went 13. Is he still playing? Yeah. he's, And that's all you need in that system is just a solid guy. Good, yeah. d- a good decision maker. Yeah. Who's the guy that was at Washington last year? I can't think of his name. Oh, Brian. Heineke. Oh, oh Taylor Chris Heineke. Or Heineke. Taylor, Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. Yeah, Heineke. I, I wouldn't mind that. I was thinking the Chris University Heineke? of Washington. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind Heineke either. I don't think they'll let him go. Yeah. Um, I think he played some this it, week. Yeah. Didn't yeah. And that's partially why the trade deadline's today. Yeah. So we'll probably figure out. I don't think Jaron Hall is ready. I'd rather get Steel Jans out of retirement than play Jaron Hall. 
anymore. He looked overwhelmed. I yeah. I don't see the people that are like, give him a chance out there. He just didn't look ready. And well, they, he's a rookie. They'll, they'll keep him around. It's not that big of a deal. Prove that they can actually play football games. Our yeah. defense is looking a lot better. You have the best receiver in NFL history. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry. That'd be a great quarterback to <laughs> Derrick Henry. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They'll get somebody. I'm sure there's some like dude that. There's three Tennessee Titans that would be reasonable. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if Malik Willis would be like reasonable, but like Will Levis is probably going to stay the starter. Yeah, get Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. That's what I. That's what I was talking about. Too, oh, he's Ryan on Tannehill. my list because Tana Throw. Anyone that you can put Throw in the back. Yeah. Half the name or make a pun out of that. I'll take any of those guys. Yeah. That's just I just want a fun guy back there. There we go. Like uh, I didn't. I forgot to put him on my list. Uh the Penn State Trace McSorley. He has his own song. Yeah. How he much does. fun it would be to beat the Packers and then play that on repeat all day. I don't care. Okay. We'll just I don't get care. someone to make a Jeff Woody song. That's all. <laughs> you haven't heard it yet? <laughs> <laughs> it's a banger. That was, that was playing that night in November after Oklahoma State? No, probably State. not. No? No, probably not. <laughs> Wasn't about you. Wasn't about me. <laughs> all right. This has been Football and Random Things. We'll be back uh, with you guys next week, hopefully uh, talking about a couple of first-place football teams again. So uh, thanks for uh, listening, and uh, appreciate the guys at Wiffles Hybrids, and uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. We'll see you at... Uh, Kansas on Saturday. Beat Kansas.